0: Good
1: afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, we've got a wonderful, happy show in store for you today. I'm glad you're with me. Of course, thank you to all of our wonderful people on our Facebook live stream. Ooh, lots of hearts popping up there. Oh, Cole stuck around. Hey, Cole. And uh, and yes, we will have some special in-studio guests, as well as my special guest on the phone. I love you guys. Of course, if you want to see our Facebook live stream, go to the Talking Alternative Facebook page, facebook.com slash talkradionyc. Awesome. You guys rock. Um, so let's start with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. Adversity. Challenges and bumps in the road are often the first signs that a great healing has begun. Thinking of you, the universe. Well, I think the universe was thinking of the show that I just did with uh, Kai Call, Kai Society, that was on just before my show. Because we talked all about roads and going up mountains and bumps in the road and, you know, our process of how, you know, just because things seem... To be at the time a little difficult, uh, a little strenuous, does not necessarily mean there are bad things. That Indeed, that's how we build our muscle, isn't it, Kai?
2: Absolutely.
1: Hey, hey. Yes, uh, you've, uh, my fans, you're, you're in for a treat because she stuck around, so she'll be here a little bit too. All right, let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. The thoughts I think determine the relationship I ri- attract. Uh, You are thinking, vibrating attractor of your experience, and the thoughts you think determine everything about the life that you live. As you turn your attention toward the positive aspects of the personalities and behaviors of others with whom you share your planet, you will train your point of attraction in the direction of only what you desire. Not only does the power of your thought determine which people make their way into your life, but the power of your thought determines how they behave once they get there. Abraham. Hmm. What do you think about uh, that quote, Kai?
2: That sounds amazing. It sounds like just what we may need for today. Thinking about relationships Including our relationship with ourselves.
1: Ooh, Mm. yes. (laughs) Absolutely. That's the most important relationship, isn't
2: it? Absolutely. Right?
1: Because as Abraham says, the thoughts that we think determine the relationships we attract. So what's the first primary relationship?
2: Ourselves.
1: That relationship with ourselves. And when we have a good relationship with ourselves
2: then everything is groovy yeah
1: (laughs) exactly exactly and we start attracting more groovy people Mm -hmm. to be in resonance with us we attract them just just by our energy just by how we're feeling i mean when we think about it right i mean what kinds of people do we like to hang out with Right?
2: Like-minded people, Like-minded,
1: right? Like-minded, groovy, happy, energetic people. Yeah. So the more groovy, happy, energetic we are... Mm-hmm the more we're going to attract those kinds of people.
2: That's right. And you've mentioned something earlier about mm-hmm. how self-care is a great way Ooh, to express yes. you know that relationship, that special relationship that you share with yourself.
1: Absolutely. I mean, think about it. If you're in a relationship with someone, right, and you don't care for them, if you ignore them, if you take them for granted, how long is that other person going to stick around?
2: Mm, that's a good question.
1: Not very long. (laughs) so if you're in a relationship with yourself if you're not taking care of yourself Mm. if you're not treating yourself well if you're not giving yourself attention you know what you might not be here very long on this planet good point right so it's really something to keep in mind that you know it is a relationship it is a relationship uh, with ourselves and that dictates the relationships that we have with those around us so the better we understand ourselves the better um we support ourselves the the more in touch with ourselves we are The more in touch with the others around us.
2: Another great point that you just remind me of that you made earlier on is the asking, you know. Feel Ah. free to ask when you're in a relationship with others. Ask yourself and be open to listening to what it is that you may need. Mm. What does the other person in the relationship need? I don't know. So ask, you know, and you might just receive an answer. I know that it's scary sometimes when we think that we may not be able to uh, you know attend to those needs we might not have our needs met that's a really scary thing but we've got to ask and listen and who knows maybe it is something that we can tackle and you know what if we can't do it by ourselves we can ask for help exactly (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) right i guess that's the whole point of kai society radio show that comes before <laughs> us is we don't have to do it all by ourselves exactly we can ask for help it's okay to ask for help everybody needs some help sometime
2: totally totally and when you receive it so much fun
1: yes ooh, ooh, ooh! and a former guest yvonne heath Just joined us on the Facebook live stream. Thank you, Yvonne. And I guess we're going to make that our perfect segue because Yvonne is the person who introduced us or introduced me to my wonderful guest, who it is my pleasure to introduce you to author, TV host, and singer. Peter Jennings. Okay. So I just want to be clear. We're not doing a seance this uh, Conscious Consultant Hour. This is not Peter Jennings, the former uh, 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 anchor and TV broadcast. This is a different. This is the Canadian version of Peter Jennings, who is the author of several books books including his latest why being happy matters discover how the power of joy will energize your life nice yes Uh, peter spent his career in corporate communications in toronto running agencies handling marketing advertising branding public relations and production of multimedia content including websites and social media Some of his clients include hundreds of top-ranked businesses of all sizes, from McDonald's to Procter & Gamble's to Royal Bank, IBM, Coca-Cola, among others, all the way down to even niche startups. And we are very, very pleased to have Peter here on the Conscious Consultant Hour today. Welcome, Peter.
3: Well, thank you, Sam. Uh, uh, good afternoon to you and to Kai. I am delighted to be with you on the Conscious uh, Consultant on uh, NYC. Thanks for having me on.
1: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Likewise. Hey, and uh, unfortunately uh, for those people on the Facebook live stream, you're not going to see Peter because he's not actually in studio with us, um, uh, but he's from way up north. Where are you located now, Peter?
3: Uh, I'm in a place called Muskoka, Sam, and it's uh, about two and a half hours north of Toronto in Canada.
1: Ah, okay, yeah. so way up north. How how uh, warm is it or chilly is it there today? <laughs>
3: Today is a little chilly. We've had for about the past 24 hours a significant wind, and that brought some new snow. We did have about four feet of snow. We're down to probably two feet of snow, and it's um, it's, uh, a few degrees below zero today.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I guess uh, like this really makes me very, very happy I'm in New York City today.
3: <laughs> well, there you go. But You're, I'm a hearty Canuck, and uh, I'm uh, able to withstand this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you
1: got that nice uh, thick coat of fur around you with all your you around yep. you.
3: Very and I got my cool. two dogs here, too. Ah, <laughs> they keep me warm. <laughs> ah,
1: wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. so, so, Peter, I, I always like to start off. We, we only have a, a couple of minutes before we go to our first break. But I always like to start off. Asking a little bit about my guest's background. So um, I'm just curious, like uh, when you started off uh, your career, did you ever think you were going to end up being a happiness expert?
3: Well, um, no, uh, what I did think I was going to be was a writer, Sam, uh, I've written all my life uh, in my career before I retired back in 2009, I ran a marketing agency in Toronto, and did all sorts of writings, you know, wh- whether it was uh, advertising copy or brochures or websites or social media, etc., and uh, when I retired, I decided, okay, I've been spending my career writing for other people, namely my clients, and quite happy to do so but now i'm ready to write for me and uh, write some books and get them published and i happen to fall upon i can i can tell you more about that later if you're interested but i had to, happened to fall upon the subject of happiness and thought oh what a great place to start i'll write a book about happiness ah.
1: and, and yeah. how many books have you written uh, that you've published so far
3: Uh, Well, I've got three. Why Being Happy Matters, I've just published recently. uh, Preceding that was um, Shark Assault, An Amazing Story of Survival, which uh, i would actually started writing the happiness book, and then I interrupted it to uh, complete the Shark Assault book Uh because I was introduced to um, a uh, young nurse from uh, Orangeville, Ontario, Nicole Moore, her name is, who was uh, brutally attacked twice by a bull shark in uh, Mexico. She lost her arm as a result of this, almost lost her leg, uh, went through numerous operations, and yet, Sam, she is the most positive, optimistic, happy, inspirational person I've ever met, just quite extraordinary. Wow. And it was really neat to be able to write uh, a book about that.
1: Very interesting. What, what was the, third, the first book or the third book about?
3: Uh, the third book has not been published. We're just finalizing. Uh-huh. It's a book that I've written with uh, a lady by the name of Marilyn Brooks who really fired up the fashion industry in Canada starting in the 1950s right up to the uh, 2000s. She's had an extraordinary career. And we learned a lot of life lessons about running a business, so we put together a book that um, I think people find really interesting, and it should be coming out this year.
1: Ah, wonderful, wonderful. I look forward to hearing about that one, too.
3: Yeah, and then I'm working on a couple of new books. The most exciting one, actually, is um, called Pushing the Boundaries, and I'm profiling people from around the world who refuse to color within the lines or refuse to think uh, within the box. You know, there are people who push the boundaries. It's going to be a, a neat book, I think.
0: Ah,
1: wow, yeah, I'm excited to hear about that one. I might okay. know one or two people who uh, <laughs> you, you might want to include in that one, because I know it's a few people who love to push boundaries.
3: Yep, yep. Well, uh, there are extraordinary people who do. You know? They just refuse to sit back and accept the status quo. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's quite, quite amazing.
1: Wow, that's wonderful. So we only got like a minute before break. So sure. um, you, you finally decided to, to be an author for yourself. Was the process of actually writing a, your book for yourself, was it extremely different for you than writing for somebody else?
3: You know, not not really. It um, The the thing is, Sam, when you write the kind of books I do, there's a tremendous amount of research that you have to do, and that was probably the biggest difference. The writing part of it was not a problem, but uh, I had to understand that, you know, for instance, with The, the Lady Who Got Attacked by the Shark, I had to interview tons of people to essentially take the reader to the scene of the crime. And similarly, in the uh, book about happiness, Why Being Happy Matters, I interviewed Uh, 37 people from around the world well the amount of time and effort and research you put in to even connect with those people that's where the time comes in that was different
0: all right.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. Great. 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 All right. Wonderful. So we're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about why happiness matters, and uh, we'll, we'll get some uh, insights from our guest, Peter Jennings, all about this very important aspect of life. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Conscious <laughs> Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour with our guest author Peter Jennings, and we also have Kai Cole sticking around in studio helping out today. Why, with hello! Um, oops, just trying to get here here on the <laughs> Facebook live stream. There we go. So, um, Peter, uh, you wrote this book. Uh, why uh, happiness? Ma- why being happy matters. Right. Why did you choose the topic of happiness just to begin with?
3: Well, you know what it chose me, uh, Sam. I was talking to a guy by the name of Rick, and uh, Rick is a very happy gentleman, but uh, let me take 20 seconds and give you his background. He was born as a child of a uh, an alcoholic mother. His mother was a, a, a bad drunk. This created all sorts of uh, family arguments and between his mom and dad in the family, so he did not grow up in a happy, calm household. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, his... Um, his mother eventually died of breast cancer. His sister died of breast cancer. Rick married his uh, university sweetheart. They had two wonderful children, and she got ovarian cancer and died. Mike, or, sorry, uh, Rick knew he had to do something to get over all this uh, sadness, so he contacted his best friend Mike. They were both motorcycle guys, and he said, "Come on, let's go off on a uh, maybe about a month motorcycle trip." And they made it down to, I believe, North Carolina, and within the first week, Rick came around the corner on his bike to find Mike lying dead in the middle of the street he had wiped out. Uh, Rick returned. He began consoling Diane, who was Mike's uh, uh, widow, and strangely enough, the two of them started developing a relationship. But the fates were not done with Rick. Uh, Diane got cancer and died. Now, Sam, you're probably sitting there saying, this guy's happy. Well, yeah. <laughs> no,
1: I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't ever want to meet this guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Sam, if you, if you met him, you'd be delighted to do so. Because listen to what he told me. He said, Peter, there is a positive side to everything. You just have to accept that or life can get you down. Seems to me that when things go wrong, human nature gets some folks asking, what did I do to make this disaster happen? Me? I say, what did I do to get this far and achieve so much? How can I now move ahead? And that's his attitude. And, and he's able to, I guess, park things that he can't deal with and try and focus on on the the happiness uh, aspect. He also, by the way, Sam, he told me um, there's a quote from the famous uh, legendary coach, uh, Vince Lombardi, who after his team had lost the game, said, we haven't lost, we're only temporarily behind. And Rick says that probably does a pretty good job of summing up who I am and my approach. To life and finding happiness, if it's not always there, I'm confident it's just around the corner. Wow, wow, that's amazing.
1: You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of a story I heard from Tony Robbins, and I forget the name of the gentleman he was talking about. It was a gentleman who was a politician and he was in a plane crash and his body got horribly burned and he was in the hospital and he was joking around with his friend. You see that beautiful nurse over there? By the end of the week, I'm going to have her go out on a date with me and he did and they ended up getting married and then he ended up becoming, I think, a governor and he ran on the platform like I'm not just another pretty face and uh, Uh, This guy, he, like, I think also he had a motorcycle accident. I mean, he had, like, all these horrible things happen to him, but he never let those things dictate how he felt about life.
3: That's right. Yeah, well, and and you mentioned Tony Robbins. Actually, one of the guys that I interviewed for Why Being Happy Matters is uh, John Robbins. Um, John, as you may know, is uh, is the guy who was getting being ready by his father to take over the billion dollar Baskin Robbins uh, enterprise, uh-huh. and John uh, turned his back on it. He said, "I can't do this. I can't uh, run a business that puts food into people's stomachs. It's not." Good for them, and he broke with his father. He turned his back on this billion-dollar enterprise, and um, and yet he is one of the happiest people I've I've ever met. Uh, he lives with his family in uh, Santa Cruz, California, and I have a delightful afternoon talking with him, and by, by the way, Sam, listen to this, um, John, who you know, blogs on the Huffington Post, he writes books, he does lectures, and even though it was not his aim to do so, he ended up starting to make some money, and so he called a friend of his in New York and said, I don't know anything about money, what should I do with this? And he said, John, relax, I will invest for you in some very uh, 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 calm and, and uh, safe investments unfortunately this chap put all the money with somebody by the name of Bernie Madoff currently a 150 year guest at the Butner uh, Federal Penitentiary (laughs) and overnight John Robbins was wiped out and he told me he said Peter if you would told me then that money will buy you happiness I'd have told you where to shove it (laughs) which at least proves he's, uh, he's uh, you know, realistic. And yet, he's still happy. He said, "You know, money doesn't buy happiness. I need enough money to put a roof over my head, and after that, uh, there's no use to it. I will not buy you happiness. Right, right.
1: Yeah. That reminds me of um, a woman I once met at a meeting who had just come back from India. And she'd gone there. She was at some ashram on a spiritual retreat for a few weeks, and before she was coming back to the United States, she was staying over in—I might have been Bombay or Mumbai—you um, know—at one of these you know luxury hotels. Uh, waiting to, you know, coming up, you know, for the flight the next day. And she was out on the veranda looking over the neighborhood. And there it's, you know, everything's so close together. The slum is right across the street from a five-star resort. And she's looking and she's like, oh, those poor people, they're so poor. If there was only some, something more I could do for them. And then she stopped herself and then she really looked closely at the scene and she said, you know what I felt? I felt shame on me for thinking I need to change their lives as she looked down and she saw two grandparents holding each other's hands the kids playing in the dirt with a little ball or bottle or something and and the happiness that she saw around us and the, the parents watching the kids play that she saw more happiness in this scene from a slum in india than she sees in the united states wherever she goes and she thought shame on me for thinking i need to fix this there is so much for us to learn here that we have everything and we're not
3: happy and Sam, you, you, you're absolutely right. And in fact, one of the people that I interviewed for Why Being Happy Matters, Matters rather, is uh, Roku Belich, uh who's in California. He's an Academy Award uh, nominated director. And he's done a marvelous film called uh, Happy. And in fact, your listeners uh, ought, ought to get it. It's a documentary. It's just about an hour long. Yeah. But it starts with a scene exactly as you just discussed. It's in a a terrible slum in India, and you would think, you know, well, it's abject poverty. These people must just be, you know, horrendously sad, et cetera, and yet they are incredibly happy, and the reason is they have a community around them, and they don't need more than what their community provides them, and it's really quite revolutionary.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really something, and community, that's something we, we talk about here quite a lot on the station. Yep. Um I have a
2: wonderful question for you, if you don't mind, Peter. Sure, try. I'm the uh, the resident tribe architect here at, uh, <laughs> at the studio, but there's so many of us and we all work to, you know, serve uh, the people that, you know, are in our tribes. And I'm wondering how can we program happiness into our lives and into the lives of our tribe? There's so many things that we have combating us and combating that happiness every day. Do you have like a go to question that we could ask ourselves or just a bit of a reminder that you would um, present to everyone to, to help us keep that in mind?
3: Yeah, absolutely, Kai. Um, you know, you and Sam, before we went on, you were talking about part of the process being acceptance, and and I think that's, um, that's really important because I think people can integrate happiness into their lives. I mean, right now, the world in which we live, no matter where you live, is dealing with increased levels of stress and anxiety, and I mean, whether it's, you know, you're worried about what President Trump is up to or whether you're worried about what's going to Happen in Europe and the, the Brexit situation, or the, the war in Syria and immigrants, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or just getting closer to the home, worried about making the, the mortgage payment, or keeping the kids in school, or keeping your job. Um, we're dealing with tremendous levels of anxiety and stress, and I believe that happiness is an antidote to that. But As you said, part of the process is acceptance. You have to say, okay, I'm not as happy as I should be. What am I going to do to change that? And a lot of it is attitude. You know, you can choose optimism and positive thinking. You can choose to have gratitude and thankfulness in your life. Or you can just choose to go the other way. Hey, let's just amass as much stuff as we can and buy this and buy that. Or you can say, I don't need all that stuff. What I really need is happiness. In the book, I, uh, I have a number of... Um, uh, what I call happiness breakthroughs. And at the end of the book, I list one thing that i learned from each of the 37 people that I interviewed. And uh, I want the book to be both inspirational but also be a resource because I believe people can read the book and say, hey, I can learn to maybe love people, not things, a little bit more in my life. And uh, that's going to make me happier. So I-, I think there are things you can do.
2: That sounds amazing.
3: Yeah, that sounds yep.
1: great, Peter. It sounds like what you're talking about is really what we decide to focus on, right? Like if we focus on the things yep. we have to be grateful for, the things we have to be happy about, like that helps us to keep from like feeling depressed about, you know, all of these gigantic things going on in the world that we really can't do anything about per se, but just like make us feel
3: down. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. And I mean, the, the other thing is, you know, that, that people need to understand, when I say happiness can be an antidote, Um, The I I interviewed seven PhDs as part of my book from around the world, and these are people who are doing serious studying on positive psychology, which is the sort of the, the fancy way of talking about happiness. But what I learned from them is that happiness can improve your outlook, add value to your day, and enhance your peace of mind. And very specifically, and I won't go through the whole list, but let me just give you a few ideas, because their clinical studies have proved Beyond the shadow of a doubt, people are happy, earn more money, make better decisions, perform at a higher level, enjoy greater levels of trust, negotiate better, and have more self-confidence and higher-quality relationships. Now, what's not to like about that?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All right. That's a wonderful uh, place for us to, to go out to our next break. But before we go out, just a quick shout out. We got tons of people on the Facebook live stream watching us. Dr. Laura Torado, my dentist. I love her dearly. She is amazing. Alec Vasa, Natividad. Oh, my dear friend out in Germany. I hope you're doing well, Natividad. I haven't seen you in ages. GP, welcome. Nancy, thank you for tuning in. And Willie, Willie Rosario. Welcome. Thank you guys all for tuning in. And I can just see on the board real quick. We got people listening in on the from the on the radio station from Japan, uh, some fellow Canucks, uh, UK, Germany, United States. About Qatar. Qatar. All right. <laughs> I haven't seen Qatar for a while. Welcome all to the Conscious Consultant Hour. We're talking this hour with Peter Jennings, author of the book, Why Being Happy Matters. And we will be right back after these messages.
5: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. <laughs> You have an interest in marijuana. You want to know about marijuana law, policy, and culture. Then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420, on TalkingAlternative.com.
1: back to the conscious consultant Hour, awakening mm. humanity for those people on the facebook live stream you're seeing a beautiful view of my guest co-host kai cole who decided to stick around after her own show kai society today much appreciated kai
2: love it love being here and yeah. peter i am an asker of questions if you didn't know this so i have <laughs> one for you ready yep. when you're ready
3: I'm ready. Go ahead, Kai. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We've been talking about relationships a lot today yeah. in, here in the studio. And I mm-hmm. wonder what is uh, the um, relationship or I, I don't want to say ideal. That's the only <laughs> phrase that's you know coming to m- mind right now. But what would our ideal relationship be? To happiness be? Is it something that we have? Is it something that we are? Is it s- just something that we experience? Like, how do we relate to happiness, in your opinion?
3: Well, that's, a, that's an excellent question. Um, I think that uh, if, for instance, one of the people I interviewed, uh, Deborah Bishop in Oregon, is doing work on the happiness gene, and there are clinicians who feel that some of us are born with a happiness gene. Well, that would then mean some of us are born perhaps without the happiness gene, and maybe we're going to be more likely to be down the dumps. So I, I, I think the answer to your question is um, it really depends on the individual. Um, there are, again, studies that uh, show that happiness is a result of 50% genes, 10% life circumstances, 40% daily activities. So um, there are people who I believe are kind of hardwired to be happy. And that means there are people who are the opposite. But those, again, I, I maintain those that aren't hardwired to be happy they can integrate life into their into their beings just by as as we've saying before loving people not things you know it, it's not rocket science this kind of stuff <laughs> in fact w- w- one of the people i interviewed dr tal ben shahar who teaches um, happiness at harvard university where as listen to this uh, um happiness his his lectures are the number 1 Uh, popular lectures at Harvard, and you know how big Harvard is. Well, he shared with me seven steps to happiness that he talks about. Now, let me give you number four, because, again, it's not rocket science. Number four is simplify. We are generally too busy trying to squeeze in more and more activities into less and less time. Knowing when to say no to others often means saying yes to ourselves.
2: Ah. That sounds key. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: that, that's a simplifying. simplifying, that's, that's a great one. I know my wife recently uh, saw, I don't know if it was a documentary or she read an article about this couple out in England who were like completely into simplifying their lives in order to get rid of as much stuff as possible and to live as lightly on the land and uh, as little money as possible and like all these things they did to do it. And the thing at the end of the article, they said they were so much happier for
3: doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, It it can often be very simple. Uh, uh, Again, uh, someone else I interviewed for Why Being Happy uh, Matters, Dr. Christine Carter. And Dr. Carter is at the uh, uh, University of California, Berkeley uh, uh, campus. And by the way, I was quite blown away. This lady has a string of uh, degrees that go from here to Schenectady and back. (laughs) But she called me a happiness expert, which I thought was quite interesting. But uh, two points that she made. The first is we are always in a rush to make our kids perfect. And too often we're doing that to look good to the neighbors. So she said, you know, your daughter's... Taking violin lessons and swimming lessons and playing soccer and joining Girl Guides and this that and the other club. Does anybody stop and ask her, "Do you want to play the violin? Yeah, do you want to yeah. swim?" <laughs> and maybe we ought to be taking some time to ask these kids what they want to do and not forcing them to do too much. Mm-hmm. And the second point you made was, as much as our brains are incredible organs everybody's been moving to multitask over the last 10 years, right? Well, she said, our brains are not set up to multitask. We are, we are much better to do one thing, do it well and move to the other rather than trying to do a bunch of things at one time. And she said, if you try to do a bunch of things at one time, you're not going to do them well and you're not going to be happy.
2: A lot of people really might be upset by that.
0: Yeah.
1: Especially a lot of our younger audience. Um, uh, and it turns out we actually have a caller on line one for you, and I haven't even given out the call-in number, which is 877 if anyone else wants to call in. We have Julie on line one. Hi. Hi.
4: Hi, Julie.
1: What's your question, Hi, Julie? Peter.
5: Well, my question is: is, you know, Peter, you've spent a lifetime interviewing hundreds of different people on hundreds of different topics in the interest of, you know, sharing and, and empowering audiences. And I also know you to be a person who has spent a great number of your own personal resources in supporting people and empowering people and uh, mentoring people. And I'm wondering if you can speak to the correlation between helping and being of service and happiness.
3: Wow. Well, Julie, what a great question. Thank you for asking it. I happen to be a guy who I've been very fortunate. Uh, I I, uh, ran a couple of businesses. We did well. I've accumulated some wealth. I've met thousands of people. Uh, I've had a very rich life, and I'm at the point now where I want to give back. So uh, one of the ways it makes me very happy, and this was brought up actually in a presentation I did recently. An audience member was saying the same thing. The ability to get into your community and give back, to help out, for me makes me extremely happy because I can see the rewards you know, uh, uh, Sam you were talking about our, our mutual friend Yvonne Heath, I mentored Yvonne and I am so proud of this lady now, She, what she's accomplished is absolutely amazing and I like to think I have a little part of it but um, Julia it's, sure it's a great did. question and I think for those of us who can, giving back uh, whether it's helping a charity or, or just speaking to a group of people and maybe need a little resilience in their lives, uh that that can really bring about great happiness. I thank
5: want, you.
1: All right, Julie, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate you listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Thank you. Thank you. So so Peter, a contribution, right? That's one of uh on Maslow's uh hierarchies of uh six human needs, contribution is one of those needs, right?
3: That's right, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Wonderful, wonderful. So, in in doing the, uh, this research, ooh, and by the way, Yvonne on the Facebook live stream says you had a big part in it.
0: <laughs>
1: <So I guess laughs> Thank you, Yvonne. You.
3: Um, <laughs> Thank you, dear.
1: <laughs> was there anything in, in doing the research for this book that really surprised you about happiness?
3: Hmm, that's that's an interesting question. Um, I think the biggest thing that surprised me, well, there there were two things. Uh, The first is the amount of work that is being done by PhDs around the world unhappiness. I had no idea uh, that right. it was that big a deal. Uh, but it truly is. So that was a real uh, uh, an awakening for me. And I think the second, and we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, the second thing that really stood out to me, in all of the seven PhDs I talked to brought this up in one way or another, is the importance of community. We talked about it earlier yes. with the, you know, that slum in India. Right. Um, do you know, do you know uh, what the number one Happiness country is in the world at the moment. It's Denmark. It's not Bhutan. Uh, I thought it was Bhutan. Number three. <laughs> I now, thought it was Bhutan. You're probably saying they go well. Denmark, boy, they they tend to kind of keep to themselves. <laughs> and Iceland, really. Do you know where the U.S. is? Number thirteen. Yeah. Why are countries like Denmark and Iceland happier? than the United States of America. And um, Dr. Robert Putnam, who's with the JFK School at, the, uh, uh, at Harvard, um, he's written a book called Bowling Alone. And he basically says, you know, we don't embrace bowling leagues the way we used to, church attendance is off, book clubs, investment clubs, other gatherings of people in the communities. They've like lost their allure. And we are replacing pleasant pastimes with healthier, skelter lives aimed at achieving things, not enjoying things. And if you think about the United States and Canada and the U.K. and whatnot, there's far too much emphasis on that let's achieve things, let's build up wealth, let's do this, that, and the other thing, right. as opposed to, in, to Denmark and uh, and uh, Iceland and places like India, where they're more content to say, hey, I don't need all that stuff. What I need is a group of people around me who can love me and I can love back. And mm. that's so important.
1: Right, right. I thought Bhutan was one of those countries on, like, the, the happiest list.
3: Well, Bhutan. Interestingly, uh, Bhutan uh, is not on the list because uh, NATO now, um, or uh, sorry, United Nations now does an annual study of countries and they do rank them. Um, Bhutan is not actually a country, but uh, oh. and I'm glad you brought that up, Sam, because um, back in 1972, I mean, how long ago was that? Bhutan's Dragon King, who basically is the, the guy who runs the the uh, Uh, I'm not even sure what they call it because it's not officially a country. But he decided he wanted Bhutan to be known by something other than the economy or gross domestic product and whatever. And he started measuring happiness and started pushing happiness as being highly worthwhile. And starting in 2011, the United Nations passed a resolution placing happiness on the global development agenda. Wow. So it's quite extraordinary.
1: Wow, that's amazing so it really is becoming recognized worldwide as as something much more key and you know it was interesting you talking about the importance of community and we've talked about it before in the show but Mm -hmm. but which i was just reading there's a a time magazine issue that had a ton of articles around longevity and, and they were talking about you know all these different aspects and like there was literally no conclusive except for the one thing that they would say is that community was so key for people living longer, healthier, happier lives.
3: Yep. And, and another, I, I read time as well, Sam, another recent edition talked about the importance of sleep. Yes. That we all need in our lives and that, in fact, people who are not getting enough sleep are dying uh, yes. earlier. Well, why aren't they getting enough sleep? Because too often they're too focused on, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to get this done, I got to build up wealth or whatever. Right. Or... They're going to bed facing stress and anxiety and can't get a decent night's sleep. I was recently talking to my daughter-in-law, who teaches grade five in Toronto, and I was saying, Meg, how are the kids? And she said, oh, they're terrible. I said, why? They're (laughs) 10 years of age. What's the problem? And she said, they're all dealing with stress and anxiety. And I said, why? And she said, because their parents are. The parents are all facing stress, anxiety, and FOMO. Do you know what FOMO is, Sam? Tell our audience what's FOMO. Fear of missing out. We I know. had never heard this before. I literally had never heard this, and she said, "Oh, it's huge in cities anyway." Yes. Um, not up where I live in the boonies, but uh, yeah. she said, "And and and so people are not sleeping properly, and and as a result, they're not living as long. I mean, that's terrible."
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and and uh, I, to me, it just drives me nuts. I mean, I I don't have any kids, but like I know people who do, and I just think it's nuts now that like they have to get their kid into the right pre-k to get into the right kindergarten to get into the right elementary school to get the right prep school to get in the right high school to get in the right college so they can get the right graduate school so they can get that cushy job i'm like really can they be kids for a little while and just play all right we got to take our last break of the hour peter please hold on everybody else please stay tuned we've got more happiness to talk about after these messages
5: Woo-hoo. you're listening to the talking alternative network
4: Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com.
5: TalkingAlternative.com.
1: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour has been Peter Jennings, not the TV anchor, but the author, <laughs> host, and singer. You're a singer too. Wow.
3: What kind yes, of? I love singing. Ah. The Great American song, uh, Songbook.
1: Ah, yeah. wonderful. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I bet that helps to make you happy, doesn't it?
3: It does indeed. And I typically do uh, concerts where they're fundraisers, and so we we raise money for local charities and that kind of thing. That comes back to uh, that giving back thing, and, and it does. It makes me very happy. Right,
1: right. Um, so, uh, Peter, let me ask you, I mean, you seemed like you were probably a pretty happy guy in general. Uh, in the process of writing this book and doing all this research and stuff, did you find yourself like being happier or having more tools to be happier or, or like was it like you were already happy and you just wanted to find ways to share this with other people?
3: Um, uh, great question, Sam. I, I, I think um, typically I, I am a fairly happy individual, but I have my my down moments like we all do. And um, going back to the, the uh, first book that I published, uh, Shark Assault, uh, I mentioned Nicole Moore. And this lady is so positive and so inspirational that if I'm having a day where I'm kind of feeling down the dumps, I'll just go, wait a minute. What would Nicole be doing now? She wouldn't let this get down, and it fires me up. Well, in the same way, uh, learning about happiness, learning about what people are doing in their lives to create happiness, um, that has inspired me, and it has made me a happier uh, person. Let me tell you about one guy that I interviewed. Um, He is the keyboardist for the Rolling Stones. I'm talking about Chuck LeBelle, who lives in Georgia. And Chuck has won Grammys. He's played with every great band in the world for the last 20 years. He's made a ton of dough. But this guy is an environmentalist. One of his best friends is uh, President Jimmy Carter. And they get together all the time down in Georgia to talk about the environment. But one of the things uh, that Chuck said to me, he said, Peter, on a scale of 1 to of happiness. I'm an 11. I am the happiest guy in the world. And he then told me one of the things that makes me happiest is mowing. Mowing my lawns, Uh mowing my horse pastures, mowing my trails. And he said, it's very Zen-like. And I just sit there, I go into this other area, and I mow, and I'm incredibly happy. Now, this guy is worth millions. He can hire people to do all that for him, but he prefers to do it because it creates happiness. Uh Well, you learn... You'll learn, Sam, from that. But maybe I don't need to run around and and buy all these things and whatnot. But maybe I need to look at people like Chuck Liddell and absorb the habits of others to become happier myself.
1: Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's wonderful. I love that smell of fresh cut grass. It's like, one of the greatest <laughs> smells in life. Um, than
3: napalm in the morning, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, yeah <laughs> maybe.
1: Um, so, Peter. I, I, how long did it take you to, I know you interrupted this book for the Shark Attack book. Um, how long of just, let's say, time you spent on this happiness book, how long did it take you to actually write it and research it?
3: Well, it evolved over five years, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, the the middle three years were pretty much taken up with the... It was two to three years, and mm-hmm. um, as I say, the the uh, the writing part, Sam, is... is you know, that, that, that comes to me fairly easily. I, I never get writer's block. I, I love writing. Uh, but it's all the research that goes into it. It's finding the people. It's tracking them down. In the case of well-known people, it's getting through their handlers so you can actually yeah. talk to the individual and then set up time to meet with them. And, um, so yeah, it, it probably took the better part of three years to make it all happen. Wow. A lot of work, but, uh, really, uh, really enjoyable work because, I mean, again, your previous question i'm learning throughout the whole process so what's not to like about that
1: yeah how can that get any better right mm-hmm. um and and it's been out a little while now correct or did it just come out
3: uh it's probably about at the beginning of the year so it's just year. Uh, two or three months and yeah. so
1: what kinds of reactions have you gotten from people who've read the book <laughs> like have they said oh wow this is great or it's like yeah it's okay
3: uh, well, I, I, I don't want to crow about my own work here, but <laughs> crow, it's, it's crow. been uh, it's been very much the former. Um, I think people, uh, some people say, well, you know, happiness. I mean, what's that really? And then they read the book and they read the findings of these PhDs and they read about um, many of the people who I profile in the book. Some of them well known, some of them you've never heard of, but uh, some of them have had to come from behind. Some of them, I mean, there was. One lady, I, I won't even mention her name, but she was ready to kill herself. And she finally decided, you know what, I've got to change my life. I've got to find happiness. And she went off to an ashram in India and came back as a total proponent of, of happiness. So it, um, it's quite fascinating to, to uh, come across these people and get to know them. And, um, and, and sort of tell the story, but, um, it's, it's all, it's all that research it takes all the time, yeah. but it's rewarding.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. I believe Kai has another question for you. I yes, do.
2: Kay. I do. Um, and you made a lot of great points that really are sitting with me and, uh, you know, inspiring some other questions to come up here. So I'd love to ask you, uh, and thinking about how, you know, taking care of our happiness is, uh, us, it, it's very similar to uh, our healthcare system, you know, where it's really sick care. You know, we can go and we can see a psychotherapist. We can go and we can see a psychologist and talk about why we're not happy But who can we go to, um, you know, in terms of the way that you see our landscape of social assistance today to really care for our happiness? Can we, who do you identify as people that we should be able to reach out to, you know, within our community to help us foster and cultivate that feeling so that we're not simply attending to the times when we're not happy?
3: Yeah, Kai, that's an excellent question, and I I think the answer is, um, well, not not to push my book, but I think people who want to find happiness can read Why Being Happy Matters, and they're going to find some answers there. But there are also people who are um, personal or life coaches. Uh, My friend Julie Beach, who uh, I, I was talking to a couple of days ago, and she is a life coach, and she very much believes that, uh, as I do, that you can increase the amount of happiness in your life by identifying the things that are holding you back and what's getting in the way of my moving forward. So Those people who maybe are in careers where they're feeling stuck or wanting to move or or not happy with the company they're working for or whatever, um, career coaches I think can often help people to understand where the roadblock is and you're going to be happier if you can get over that. People who are not facing career aspects, um, it's the personal coach, you know, the, the, the life coach uh, that can help. But, you know, um, Kai, I don't know whether you're aware of this, but the number of people with depression, the amount of antidepressant drugs being consumed, and the rate of suicide are all on the increase in North America. Wow. Uh, unhappiness in the form of depression is the number one psychological disorder in the Western world, and it's accelerating in all age groups, in virtually every community. And um, the financial experts have said that depression, in the U.S., depression is costing the economy over $150 billion annually in medical expenses and lost productivity. So, um, we got to do something about this, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, are you a happiness coach?
3: (laughs) No, I'm not. <laughs> no, and, and as much as Dr. Christine Carter called me a happiness expert, I, I certainly I don't push myself that way. I am a guy who writes books. <laughs> but um, in, in, in learning so much about happiness, uh, I believe that, well, just talking to people like uh, the, the two of you and, and all your listeners, I'm, I'm hoping that I can be a bit of a resource and uh, and pass along some learning. Uh, through uh, just, as I say, what I've done in, in, in writing the book. But no, I, I don't push myself as being a happiness expert or a happiness coach. I think there are people who are better uh, better able to do that than I am.
1: And, and Peter, uh, just before we end of the show, uh, mm-hmm. where can people find your book? Uh, well,
3: uh, they can go on whybeinghappymatters.com, uh, and then the book is also available uh, through uh, Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and, and uh, the uh, Apple Books and, and that sort of thing, all the, all the usual spots.
0: Okay, great, great.
3: But certainly, whybeinghappymatters.com, if, if you wish. You can order the book right through there. It's available both in the uh, printed format and the ebook.
1: Ah, wonderful, wonderful. And if people want to find out more about yourself and and your other books and your other projects, how can they find out more about you?
3: Well, I have a website. It's peterjennings.me, and uh, it will tell you about uh, the books that I've written, the books that I'm currently writing, and it will tell you a little bit about my singing and uh, the TV show uh, that I've had uh, on the air called uh, Be My Guest. And um, yeah, so uh, peterjennings.me. All
1: right, wonderful, wonderful, Peter. Well, Peter, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to come on our show today. I really appreciate it. I love why being happy matters. I think that's a great topic, and I agree with you. We we need to be talking a lot more about being happy and uh, what we can do to support our own happiness. So I really appreciate your message. So thank you so much, Peter.
3: Well, Sam, thank you so much, and, and Kai as well, for having me on The Conscious Consultant on uh, TalkRadio.NYC. I really appreciate the opportunity, and I really enjoyed uh, In fact, I'm very happy having talked for you both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good. If I can get a guy who wrote a book about happiness to feel happy, then I know I'm doing something right.
3: You got that, man. <laughs> all right.
1: Thank you so much, Peter, and to all Bye, my brother. listeners. Bye-bye. And uh, also to my friend Mark and Patrice listening on the Facebook live stream, thank you for tuning in oh armand tuned in yes thank you armand and kai thank you so much for helping me out with the show i really appreciate it
2: thank you for having ah, me my, my pleasure.
1: pleasure my pleasure we got to do more of these like double shows together I'll uh, <laughs> come on yours and you come on mine and uh, uh again one just final note for those uh of you um who are interested please are our our, our Uh, Conscious Business Collective meeting for the month is happening on March 23rd at 7 p.m. You can find out all about it on Eventbrite or on our meetup group, which is meetup.com slash conscious-biz-collective. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you can go out and be happy, and we will talk to you next week.
5: At www.talkingalternative.com Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative Hi, this is Rob K. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself?
2: then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude
4: to your relationship with money and everything in between.
5: So listen to us on The Rob Kelly Show, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc.
1: Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?